You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome to a Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Locked On Horns, best way to reach us. Full show, we're going to get into some NCAA basketball talk. Today, we are going to be talking about what happened in the NCAA tournament with the Texas Longhorns. Obviously, it's been a little bit since I've been on here on the show, and I'll give you an explanation here in just a moment. What I'll remind you that this episode of the Locked on Longhorns podcast is brought to you by Bill Barr. Head on over to BillBarr.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON20. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Two zero to get 20% off your next order. So let's talk about these Texas Longhorns. And obviously, I've been away for a little bit. I've been in the middle of moving. Uh, I finally got that stabilized, got that taken care of. Internet's hooked up. We're good to go. So that's why we're coming back to you after a week hiatus. There's been a lot that happened in the last week. And we can start that off by talking about what happened in the Big 12 tournament. The Texas Longhorns were able to win the entire tournament, and become the Big 12 champions. I said last, the week prior, that if they just got to the championship game, that's a win for Shaka Smart. Because you factor in, they were probably going to have to play Kansas. They were probably going to have to play Baylor. That was the big thing. Could they beat those two teams? Could they beat them? Or could they get their first win against Baylor? Could they beat Kansas again? Turned out they didn't have to do it after winning their first game against Texas Tech. Their next game would have been against Kansas. They got COVID. They were out of the tournament. And then you saw it happen. They beat Oklahoma State, who had beat Baylor uh, for the Big 12 championship. And and they won the tournament. And to become the the number three seed in the tournament as the Big 12 champions. I didn't see that coming. I don't think a lot of people did. But what I really did not see coming was what was going to happen in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Texas as the three seed drew the 14th seed, Abilene Christian Wildcats. One thing about that basketball team is they're really good where? Enforcing turnovers. What did they do against Texas? Oh, they they forced turnovers. They forced a lot of turnovers. And we're talking 23. Sloppy, sloppy basketball play when it came to what happened against Abilene Christian. That, that was uh, a terrible loss, a, a crushing loss, you could say. Uh, so why did they lose this game? Well, it's real simple when you look at it. Well, first off, the turnovers. You can't turn the ball over 23 times, finish negative 12 in turnover di- differential, and expect to win. What this team is known for is playing defense. What did they do? They defended very well in this game, and that caused Texas a lot of concerns. Then you can look at this. Look at the guard play in this game. Uh, they live and die by their guards. So if one guard is off, they have two others. But if they're not uh, shooting well as a whole, much like they didn't do against Abilene Christian, they shot 9 of 26 from the field. We're talking about Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Matt Coleman the third. You know, when they're good, they're really hard to beat. But when they're bad, they're not so hard to beat. And you're talking 9 from 26. They shot 33% from three-point range. 
And the three players combined had 25 points and 9 assists and were responsible for 15 of the 23 turnovers. Shaka Smart's teams are known for elite guard play. We didn't see it at all. And that's a big reason why. Uh, But if you look at it, Andrew Jones was really the only one that was really effective in this game. You talked about 25 points combined. Well, Jones had 13 of them on his own. You talked about the nine assists. Again, Jones had five. So really, it was the unproductive play of Courtney Ramey, of Matt Coleman, and that's what hurt them. You know, and they they shot a lot of threes in that game. They, they stayed out of the paint. 23-point shots. 23-point shots were taken in this game. They got to find a way to get inside. You talk about Kai Jones, Jericho Sims. Let's talk about this. Combined 21 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 blocks, and 2 steals. 87.5% from the field. When you talk about Kai Jones, when you talked about Jericho Sims, they got away from that. And that really, to me, when you look at it, is, is what really hurt them offensively because they're not shooting well and they're having to rely on the guys to get rebounds. And uh, they need to generate more offense inside. And I think that was kind of a, a big deal. What about the standout freshman in Greg Brown? Uh, th- there was a big disappearing act uh, when you talk about him uh, throughout the year. Uh, he was really double figures in five games this season. That's it. I mean, they, they needed more out of him, and they didn't get it. And so when you when you look at him scoring a total of three points uh, and playing on six minutes, I mean, that, that's a huge problem. Uh, you expected more. Then there, obviously there was the foul trouble. Uh, when you look at Coleman getting into foul trouble, they cannot get into foul trouble when they're not getting productive play. And, the, and their bench was not uh, producing in a way that we thought maybe they would. Uh, it, it, as, as a whole, it was just a bad way around. I just, I can't fathom that they wouldn't be ready for this game. When they know what Abilene Christian can do, and they obviously weren't able to execute in a way that they thought that they would. And so, once again, six years of Shaka Smart, and they still can't get out of the first round. Even with a favorable matchup, the three seed versus the 14 seed, we're going to get into Shaka Smart in just a little bit because I want to talk about the hot seat. Is he on the hot seat? Should he be on the hot seat? Or should they just go ahead and let him go? We're going to get into all that uh, coming up next. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique service that delivers the same active ingredients as a Viagra or Cialis, but in chewable form. And at a fraction of the cost, Blue Chew tablets combat all forms of ED. It can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. It's also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at a pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Just sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, and the best part... It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. If you don't like swallowing pills, there's no problem here. It is 
these tablets are made in the U.S. and they uh, <clears throat> and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for the details and important safety information. And we got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N at checkout and just pay the five dollars shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. All right, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, NBA's going on, college basketball is right in the middle of the NCAA tournament, and NHL is in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on everything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure you're using that promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. Again, promo code locked on. On at betonline.com, your online sportsbooks experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter, Peter Bukowski updates the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, well, let's get into some Shaka Smart discussion here. Now, the big thing that we talked about was. What happened this past weekend on Saturday night against Abilene Christian when Shaka Smart squad got knocked out by the number 14 seed? It's a higher rank than number three seed. And we're going to go back and we're going to look at Shaka Smart's career at Texas. He joined the team in 2015-2016 season. He finished fourth in the conference with an 11-7 record, 20-13 and overall. Not terrible uh, by any means. His first year, he gets knocked out in the NCAA tournament in the first round of 64. The following season was dreadful. It was dismal. 11 and 22 overall, four and 14th, uh, four and 14 record, and then they finished 10th in the Big 12 and obviously didn't qualify for a tournament. The very next season, they jumped back up. They went 19 and 15 overall. 8-10 in conference play. Not terrible. They finished tied for six. Went back to the NCAA tournament. They would get knocked out in the round of 64 yet again. So there, after three seasons, Shaka Smart was 0-2 in the NCAA tournament with one last place finish in the Big 12. The very next season, which is the 2018-2019 season, he finished 21-16. and Again, 8-10 in conference play and finished sixth. They wouldn't get a berth in the NCAA tournament and would have to go to the NIT tournament. They would win the championship in the NIT. So finally, we're starting to see some success. Uh, Maybe not the tournament you wanted, but they went into a postseason tournament and they won the whole thing. Steps in the right direction. The very next season is 2019-2020. They finished 19-12 that year, 9-9 in conference play, finished tied for third, but the postseason was canceled due to the coronavirus. And I think that, in large part right there, is why Shaka Smart kept his job. Because I think if he would have lost that game against Texas Tech in the Big 12 tournament last season, last 
March, when every when the world sports world got shut down, I think if he would have lost that game, he would have lost his job. Because I don't think that they would have gotten the NCAA tournament had they lost that game. So it saved him. He got another year. So he comes into 2021 with high expectations. Probably one of his most talented teams he's ever had. He also brings in Greg Brown, who a lot of people thought was going to the draft lot or was going to go to the G League, uh, present company included. I didn't think he was actually going to go. But I said that I don't think, I thought back then, Ashaka Smart should have been fired because you weren't seeing the development. You weren't seeing any progression. I mean, they outside of the NIT tournament, they can't win a postseason game. So we're going to fast forward to the 2021 season. Shaka Smart's team went 19-8 and in the regular season, 12-6 and in conference play. They finished third. Not bad. Uh, you know, they had their ups and downs with coronavirus, canceling games, things of that nature. But they get into the NCAA tournament for the f- third time. I almost said fourth, but that was the NIT tournament. For the third time under Shaka Smart, and for the third time, one and done, and out of the tournament. At Texas, he has a record of 109-86, and which is a 559 winning percentage. But in conference play, he's 52-56, and so he's under 500 uh, when it comes to conference play with the Texas Longhorns in the Big 12. Now, he's finished, tied for third once. Third, fourth, tenth, and tied for sixth, and sixth once again. Looking at it, I just don't see any reason when you look at his resume that he should gain another year. Uh, you could look at buyouts, but when you look at Texas Longhorns, they obviously have the money to do it, or maybe they don't want to do it because they just bought out Tom Herman's contract to hire Steve Sarkeesian. I could understand why, but when you're not seeing the results on the court, when you have a very talented team, and then you see Shaka Smart's team go out there and constantly not play to the level that we expect, not play to the level probably their own expectations, uh, it, it just it doesn't feel structured uh, when you watch this team. Uh, it feels like they go out there too often to throw up shots and. And just, you know, play for the big, you know, three. And when it's working, it's great. You know, when Ramey's hitting his shots, when Coleman's hitting his shots, when Jones is hitting his shots, when Jace Febris is coming off the bench and he's hitting threes, or Kamaka Hepa. You know, when you look at some of these guys, if they're able to hit their shots, it works, it's great. When they're not hitting the shots, you got to find another way. And it just felt like they don't find another way. And, and that's my biggest issue with it. That's my biggest issue with what they're doing on the court uh, and why I think maybe it's time for a new voice. You know, maybe it's time for a new coach. Maybe it's Kevin Turner who joined the squad as the assistant coach this last year. But I just don't feel like we're going to get anywhere else with Shaka Smart. He did great at a smaller program, but once he's come up to a Power 5 school, it's not the same. He's not having the same level of success. We're not seeing the same type of basketball play. And that's why I think maybe it might be time for Shaka Smart uh, to no longer be needed at the University of Texas and to go a different route. Uh, we saw them fire Karen Alston uh, last season or get rid of her and, and bring in a new head coach, 
Vic Schaefer, and I'm not saying that that shouldn't have been done, uh, but she was more accomplished than in Shaka Smart, but yet he still got to keep his job. So I, th I think it's time to move on, and hopefully Chris Del Conte sees it that way as well, and they get an opportunity to bring in another coach to make the basketball team more competitive when it comes to the postseason, because they have been competitive in season. It's it's the postseason I'm worried about. He can win an in-season tournament, like the Maui Invitational in, in Asheville, North Carolina. He can win an NIT postseason, but he can't win the NCAA tournament opening round game, uh, which is supposed to be, you know, especially if you're a higher-seeded team, that's supposed to be a more favorable matchup for you to get into the later rounds of the tournament, and it just hadn't been the case. Uh, so that's where we're looking at that. But let's let's switch gears. Let's talk some football. Uh, we got spring football coming up. We're going to talk about the biggest storylines heading into spring football and what we need to find out about Steve Sarkeesian uh, and this team as they try to get out of the doldrums that they've been in, get back into the Big 12 championship, and hopefully challenge the Oklahoma Sooners at season's end. All right, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. We're talking Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, we got coconut versus birthday cake. I got to be honest with you. Anytime there's birthday cake flavored anything, ice cream, whatever it is, I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, I like birthday cake because, you know, it's a birthday cake. Like, it just doesn't feel right to me to put it, try to put it in a chocolate bar or try to put it in ice cream. It, it doesn't sit right with me. I'm going to go with coconut. Why? Coconut reminds me of an island, tropical island, great weather. Uh, I have to go with that. I, and maybe it's just that whole deal, the vacation mentality. You get a little coconut. You kind of feel like you're on a vacation. Your taste buds are getting a vacation. They enjoy it. Check it out. Go to BillBar.com. Or go to bar underscore built on Twitter to make your vote. And remember the promo code LOCKED15, L O C K D 15, to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. The NFL Draft is weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft Duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so you, you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily news and mock draft podcast. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we got spring football coming up, and that's an exciting time. We get to see the new era of Texas Longhorns football, the new era of Steve Sarkeesian, the new era of the quarterback. Who is that quarterback? Sam Ellinger is no longer here. So who's going to be the guy? Well, the guys that we know are going to be in the competition, we got Casey Thompson, who's he served as the understudy over the last two seasons for Sam Ellinger. He gets the first shot, or at least that's what we think should happen. Based on what he did in the Alamo Bowl, uh, in which he was very efficient. He was able to score a lot of points in a short amount of time and essentially put that game away early on, even though it was close in the first half uh, throughout the third quarter and into the fourth. It was a runaway game, and, and due in large part to the efficiency at which Casey Thompson was playing. It had very much helped 
to having a B. John Robinson running the way that he was, to have Ro- Roshan Johnson. You know, those guys really helped. It helped out when you have Kelvante Dixon catching a 76-yard touchdown. I mean, they, they had different things that were going on in that game, but uh, it also helped that the Colorado offense really couldn't do anything, and that defense was pretty stifling, despite the fact that they didn't have Joseph Asai in that game or either starting safeties. And so when you look at it, you know, Casey Thompson did fantastic in that game. He should get the first crack at being the starting quarterback. But you should not look at this team or look at this quarterback situation and discount Hudson Card, despite the fact that he didn't play much last year. He hasn't really gotten that opportunity. Uh, but from everything that I've seen from him, I think he might be the better pure passer. Uh, you know, I think, you know, Casey brings a lot of the – uh, being able to elude defenders, to buy time to throw. I think he might be more accurate, uh, but when you look at just how pretty of a ball that, that Hudson Carr throws and what he can do, and obviously his size allows him to take a little bit more of a beating in the pocket than maybe a Casey Thompson would. Uh, you look at what he was able to do at Lake Travis, you see the dual threatness in him, but he's more of that stand-in-your-pocket-and-throw guy. Now, which one favors a Steve Sarkeesian offense? And that's really a true question because the answer is both. Uh, go back to Alabama and you look at Tua Tagovailoa. He was more of the, the elusive guy who can, who can move around in the pocket to create. He was a great thrower of the football, don't get me wrong. But he seemed more of that Casey Thompson. Do I think Casey is Tua? And I'm not going to go that far. But when you look at their style of play, I think it's very similar. Now, on the other hand, you look at Mac Jones. That could be who who Hudson Card is. You know, he fits that style a little bit better. Uh, you know, Matt can move a little bit, and so can Hudson. But I think when you look at their playing style, those match up really well uh, when you look at those. So, you know, that's going to be the big storyline. That's the massive storyline, is who's going to come out of spring as the starting quarterback at the University of Texas. I don't think that we're going to know the answer. But it's still going to be a situation to watch. I don't think that we're really going to know who the starter is until they get to fall camp prior to the season you know the the big thing for this team and and thing that they're going to have to watch they're going to have to do uh you look at the offensive scheme you look at the defensive scheme uh Pete Kwiatkowski bringing in his defense obviously Steve Sarkeesian bringing in his offense once again for the second straight off season for the most part they're having to implement new schemes now it's a little bit different because it actually is a true new scheme uh I don't buy that last year's offense was Mike Yurcich's offense what one iota uh, that screamed Tom Herman. So I, I would I would put an asterisk next to saying it was a total install last year. But when you look at it, this year for sure, total install, new install. How are they going to be able to implement that? Uh, that's going to be something to watch. You know, it's interesting about that. Uh, Hudson Card last year, they thought picked up the offense really well, really quickly. So with this new install, if Hudson again does that, that could give him the leg up just to go back to my first point. Uh, the big storylines when you look at this team. Now, the other big question you, you're going to have is who's going to play where as defensive back? You obviously, you have uh, some key guys back. You've had guys that transferred out of the program. Uh, you're going to have two new starting safeties. Uh, when you look at Chris Brown's gone, Caden Stearns is gone. Uh, and then you look at the cornerbacks. Kenyatta Watson last year transferred out. Uh you know, and Jalen Green transferred out. So how is that going to look, and especially with a new defense? 
Darian Dunn is a guy that has kind of been pinpointed as going to be an outside guy. He has the size and length that you like. Uh, can go up and get the ball for you. Uh, he he's not he's a guy who's going to get his hands on it. You have Chris Adamora. Where does he play? Where does you know B.J. Foster, Jaron Thompson, J.D. Coffey, who's coming in? Coffey is a freshman, but based on what you've seen of him, especially in high school and towards the end of the season, kind of saw what what he was. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I would look at. J.D. Coffey, I think, could be a freshman who could come in and make some plays. Much like what Jaron Thompson did towards the end of the season. Those are going to be things to watch. Those are my three big storylines heading into spring football. We're going to have more on spring football, getting updates, keeping you updated on everything. And we'll monitor the situation with Shaka Smart. I'm sure I'm going to get into it more this week on what's going to happen there. I'm sure some conversations are going to happen now that the Texas men's basketball season is officially over. We'll find out. What all Chris Del Conte is going to do. But that's going to do it for me on this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you keep it locked on Monday through Friday each and every day as we're talking Texas Longhorns football. Welcome.